What's going on, everybody? The podcast got breaking news here on Thursday, January, or January, July 21st. We got training camp in full swing, almost. We had the Raiders report, and then you got the Ravens kicking things off. The Cardinals as well, going to focus on those last two, because Kyler Murray has inked a mega extension. Also got Aaron Judge. Putting out some questionable comments about his Yankees future and then NIL and SEC media days. Just too much to talk about here on a sweltering July day. So let's fire up the microphone. Let's fire up the software on the Apple computer and let's do a podcast. It's episode 91 of the podcast. Really mind boggling to me the whole idea of paying a quarterback top market value. Patrick Mahomes Even Josh Allen, me, I was kind of not iffy on it, pretty much 90% in on it. If you're fully in on the guy, it's, it's not really an issue. It's an easy deal to do when you have Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson when he got his first contract. Those guys got best of the best as far as money, and they deserved it. And you can rest easy at night. Your head can hit the pillow not having to worry about anything. But for a deal with Kyler Murray, I don't understand the rush. It's it's really silly to me, the logic that the media throws out there. Oh, yeah, yeah, you have to pay him. But, oh, God, if you pay him, you, you can't get anybody else and you can't make it to the playoffs and win a Super Bowl. It's like, okay, then don't do the deal. You can't win with them. And then you can't win without them, too, is what you're telling me. In my opinion, you're better off winning without Kyler Murray because the guy hasn't proven that he's worth $46 million a year. That's what the Cardinals just gave him. Five-year, 230, it's like $160 million guaranteed. Obviously, when these contracts come out, it depends on the structure and exactly you know, how, you know, the language and how you adhere to it. It's, it's all different, but $46 million AAV is preposterous for Kyler Murray. The guy has... He's had a 500 record his entire career. I know he went 9-5 last year um, as a QB for the Cardinals. Colt McCoy stepped in, and how did the Cardinals' offense look? The same. That's right. Kingsbury was marching yards down the field with Colt McCoy and scoring points and competing in games. Over the course of a year, Colt McCoy is not going to be the same player as Murray, but it just goes to show 5-10-1 and and one his first season. 8-8 eight and eight his second season, and down the stretch, the guy breaks down, as we've said multiple times here on the pod. I don't understand why you couldn't just go another year. Is he pissed off, and he's pouting, and he's scrubbing his social media? Yeah, okay, tell him, guess what? Get your ass in camp, play better, and then we'll talk about a deal. And if he gets more upset, consider trading him. And then after that, consider cutting him. It's You can't win with a player that is a diva, We've seen his body language during games. He looks like he's just blaming others. Go ahead and move off of him. He's not a transcendent quarterback. Talent, physically, does he run really well? He looks like supersonic. Does he have a a good arm play in a very modern NFL offense? Yes. But he hasn't proven that he deserves this deal and that he's capable of winning Super Bowls. Far from it. The media just gets transformed by the athleticism. It's the same thing with Lamar. They think the novelty of it makes it extremely valuable. It's not. It's not. If it was that valuable, we would see it 
on the football field. They wouldn't they would be unstoppable. Tom Brady, that guy's unstoppable. Patrick Mahomes, he's unstoppable. Those guys have the characteristics that actually win the game. Josh Allen's going to be in that category. Aaron Rodgers you can put in that category, although he's, you know, slipped up in games and playoffs in recent years. But those other guys, those guys always seem to win whereas Murray and Lamar Jackson, it's always eh, they came up short. I don't understand the deal. I don't understand the rush, why the organizations give into it. They keep saying that you can't win without them, but you can't win with them. I would venture to go the other way. Win without him, have the space, and even better, just wait to do a deal. Aaron Judge was at the All-Star Game in Los Angeles and gave out some cryptic remarks with Marley Rivera. She told the story about a young fan who was all you know up in arms that Judge might not be a Yankee. And he she put him on the spot saying, what do you have to say to this young fan? And Judge had a layup in front of him, and he could have just gave us the same old answer about how it's going to be done in the offseason. But no, he, he didn't go that route. It, it looks like maybe it's as good as gone. He wants to be paid top market value. He's, he's kind of going this old strange route where it's like he's expecting at 30 years old to be paid top market value into his 40s maybe. Maybe he's looking at that seven-year deal, but sure seems like he's looking for a 10-year deal. And that, those just don't happen anymore. The Robinson Cano deals, Albert Pujols deals, Meggie Cabrera extensions, those are, those are done. We've seen it. Nobody plays well past 37, 38 unless you're in the steroid era where you had some help. So, you know, Judge, you know, he, I, it seems like he's going to be a, a San Francisco Giant. I don't think he's going to get that deal from the Giants, but they're going to be the ones that are, aren't going to have this burnt bridge behind them with Judge. So, it, you know, the Yankees, it, it sounds like maybe they they did the prudent thing with the contract, in my opinion, but in Judge's eyes, he, he feels betrayed in a way. And he would not give these remarks. Derek Jeter, we watched the Jeter documentary. He wouldn't give these remarks during the season. He would give you the same old answer. Judge, you got to stay disciplined. Do not give in. Rivera, even with ESPN, she led you. She directed you to the answer, but you still didn't take it. You, you kind of gave this mysterious statement. Now, Yankee fans, Yankee general manager, front office, they're all going to see that. And they're going to wonder, why is Judge not playing ball? We're all about trying to get a deal done. Obviously, it's a negotiation. We're staying silent about it. But then you went and said this. Seems to me he might be as good as gone come the fall. I tell you what, these SEC media days, usually a lot of fireworks. I think after Saban in the spring in May when he said those things about Jimbo, which, again, I didn't even think was that bad. Sounds like he's just upset that his donors don't have the deep pockets of these oil guys in Texas, and so that was more of a, a shout to them. He said Texas A&M is buying players, and Jimbo got all pissed off. I, Me, I really didn't think he even said anything illegal was happening. He didn't, and it was really just more of a shout of his own program. Like, hey, you, know, you want me to stick around here? I'm getting pretty old. You're going to have to pony up. This is the world that we live in now. And NIL is just the absolute wild, wild west. You saw the thing with Texas Tech. Everybody's going to be getting a salary, $25,000 for community service and a couple other things. You know, the Texas Tech coach was saying, hey, a lot of current players, they're going to have problems with that when a recruit is coming in and potentially getting more money. 
And that's not going to happen at our program here with the Red Raiders, but there's going to be other programs that have that issue. And he's exactly right. These are pro athletes now. Pro athletes at 18, 19, 20 years old that you're given for all intents and purposes, that's big cash. Even at 25000 some guys are going to get in the millions. It's not going to be about football anymore. You really think an 18-year-old who comes in with $1.5 million or, heck, even 200000 that is money that no 18-year-old outside of a pro athlete sees at that age. He is not going to be locked in about performing on the field, grinding in tape, adjusting to college life, going to class, as well as going to practice and workouts. That's all out the window. And this isn't me standing on the table trying to take away all this. I understand it's the world we live in. Again, I would not have paid him. I'm not a huge objector to it. But this is what you deal with. And it brings chaos. I think it's great for the internet. It's great for Twitter. Like, oh my God, look at the, did you see this? 1.6. Your program's not going to be stable. It's going to be absolute, utter chaos. Because one guy's going to transfer, then six other guys are going to transfer once they see what he got elsewhere. If you think you're going to be competing for Big 12 or even SEC or whatever conference your team is in, your university, alma mater, you're not going to be competing year after year for the college football national championship or even the Final Four. It's going to be absolute just crapshoot season after season. And I don't think anybody wants that. You're devaluing the product. It's great for transactional purposes as far as the internet and in the offseason. People will love getting those notifications pushed to their phone. But it's it's going to be an absolute roller coaster. And I think, you know, the coaches, they, they see that. I think that's why we saw Jim Harbaugh go and do the interview for the Vikings. He was hoping it was a cinch, so that was his fault there. But he was like, you know, this could get out of hand quickly, and I don't know when the structure is actually going to arrive with NIL. I mean, as we'll go back to the pros where there is structure and everybody understands what being a professional is. 18, 19-year-olds being a professional, they're not ready for that. It's not going to be about football. I can't teach when I have to worry about how much the next recruit is making, the recruit that just came in, and then my four-year starter. That's a whole salesmanship. There's always been salesmanship in college football. There's plenty of it. This is too much. There's got to be regulations put down. To me, it's not that hard. Salary cap league, you got to cap how much a guy can come in for their name, image, and likeness before they even step foot on campus. And then after that, if you want to go position by position, it's just a couple things that I don't think the NCAA should wait too much longer on this. Guys are getting paid a lot of money. Guys are transferring at a high, just unthinkable rate. You need to save your your NCAA brand because right now it's turned into the wild, wild west. And I don't know if it will come back if they don't throw the hammer down soon. The other thing going on here, and it's officially getting weird with Juan Soto and the Nationals, I typically don't go this far into the player's corner. I'm usually a little more pro-franchise, pro-organization, but the Nationals, for whatever reason, two years left on Soto's deal, Juan Soto's contract, they're ruffling his feathers. You don't fly him out to the All-Star game. I understand logistically like you don't have a team charter 
ready to go because the whole team's not going. But you have Davey Martinez, you have Juan Soto, and then you ask the Braves. That's what John Heyman of the New York Post is saying. They requested that the Braves take him. They said, hey, we're pretty much full. And anyway, it's just a bad look with a guy that's in trade rumors. Good for the Braves. Don't get in a messy situation with that. Paul Blackburn, I know the Oakland A's pitcher he was taken by the Astros. It's just a, that, that's a different deal. It's Paul Blackburn. It's not Juan Soto. It's apples and oranges. It's not the same thing. And the Astros, granted, to their credit, a little, uh, a uh, little uh, a pivot here. They are definitely a franchise doing all the right things quietly. Really like what the Astros are doing. But with the Nationals, it's just like, this is another thing. In addition to the report from Rosenthal, why are you already spitting this out there to teams trying to recoup value? There are two years left on the deal. This is Ted Williams. This is the player that you, you can't even pray and hope that a player of Juan Soto's caliber is going to come back in a trade package. Because guess what? In a trade package for Juan Soto, guys don't give up, teams don't give up, that is, players of his caliber. He, he's that rare. If they had a player in their prospect line that was like Juan Soto, they would keep him. They wouldn't be trying to trade for Juan Soto. And you shouldn't even be offering up Juan Soto. This is just foolishness. You're acting like it's the end of the line. It's not like the last year of his contract and it's about to expire. There's two more years. Things can change. I understand that that's a lot of money that he turned down. I don't understand turning down $440 million. But if the price goes up, it's probably going to be worth it. Just means that inflation, more revenues coming in. Baseball's, baseball's borderline booming here. People want to talk about the ratings. I say again, real estate with Apple TV, Fox Sports, even ESPN, like they're all swallowing it up, paying big bucks for it. Baseball is fine. So you're going to have the cash to do it. You're in Washington, D.C. I understand the impending sell with the Lerner family. It's more attractive if you have Juan Soto, and it's more attractive if he's not pissed off at Washington. And this latest plane thing, we have the agent coming out in Los Angeles, Scott Boris, explaining it to the media. It's just an ugly look. And I just can't believe Rizzo, the general manager, who I like a lot as a baseball guy, the, the organization, I just cannot believe they're letting this happen. Just going to go through some quick hitters here NFL-wise. I know that we had the Patriots go ahead and announce their titles, which on the offensive side of the football, they're not naming an offensive coordinator. They got Matt Patricia working with the offensive line. Quarterbacks is going to be Joe Judge. It's Really weird that all of a sudden people think Bill Belichick has lost his fastball. He's been doing this his entire Patriots tenure, where he doesn't give out labels or job titles until a guy actually goes through two or three seasons under that role, just without the name. He did it with Brian Flores, Matt Patricia, first go-around, Josh McDaniels, who's head coach again. It's just weird that all of a sudden Tom Brady leaves, oh no, does anything work anymore with Belichick? Let's pump the brakes, especially when we're talking about the offensive coordinator position. The best ones, I've heard this from multiple general managers that are in the media, uh, even NFL coaches like Brian Billick, the best offensive coordinators are defensive gurus. Guys know how to attack the adjustments of the defense. And so someone like Matt Patricia, who knows defense, he started his NFL coaching career on the offensive side of the football. Granted, it was like 2008, but... He spent a majority of his time on defense, and yes, he flamed out as a head coach, but the guy was a heralded top assistant coach with the Patriots. So yeah, he works in New England. 
He's back in New England, and he's going to coach on the offensive side of the ball. I don't think it's really a lost cause like a lot of people are making out to be. He's He's got a lot of football knowledge, and so does Joe Judge. So I think they're going to be just fine. I'm not going to say it's going to be a home run, but I don't think this is going to be a disaster. Uh, Holiday's kid. This is actually kicking to the baseball side of things. Matt Holiday's son, Jackson, signed for $8.185 million signing bonus. That's crazy. That's the highest ever for a high school player. And, yeah, I just – man, that's a lot of money to tie up in a high school kid. You better hope that he works out. Um, as far as Josh, Ro- Josh Rosen, 2018 first-round pick, yeah, I had that one completely wrong. No doubt about it. I thought it was going to be Matt Ryan, 2.0. I thought he was going to be able to make all the throws with touch. Um, Frankly, I don't think the guy loved football enough. And also, just with the way you go into a new NFL team, if you don't have a great offensive line, and he never did, and I'm not trying to um, give him a pass for anything, but if you cannot move... In today's NFL, as a quarterback, that, that I mean, that's a problem. you got to at least be able to manipulate the pocket, and Josh Rosen could not. He was bad in the pocket. Bad pocket awareness, bad presence, and when you got bad offensive linemen, which college games not producing that many good ones anymore, it's going to be an issue. But he signs with the Browns in the case that uh, Deshaun Watson is unavailable. Michael Thomas, he's back on the pup list, physically unable to perform. Him and James White... Legend here on the podcast, James White. We called it Super Bowl 52, the Patriots versus the Falcons. I said he's going to have a good game. Shane Vereen 2.0, like the Seahawks and the Pats in that Super Bowl. Dan Quinn, he was the DC for the Seahawks. He could not stop Vereen, and he did not stop James White. That's why they lost that Super Bowl. But he'll be on the sidelines to begin camp here, so will Michael Thomas. That's one of the more underrated things this year. Michael Thomas. Who are we going to get? Is he going to be all football, ready to go now that Sean Payton's out of the building? It was pretty clear that those two hated each other. But he's got familiar voice in Dennis Allen. Obviously, they didn't interact so much. But, you know, he's back with the Saints. Like, is there a rift there? Is he ready to play ball? Is he just ready to cash a check? He's a very big focal point in that offense and on that team for a quarterback that's coming off an ACL injury and, frankly, has a really good shot if everything aligns to have a pretty magical season. I know you heard that on last podcast or a couple podcasts ago. I really think the Saints are going to have a great year. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast. Training camp around the corner. It's going to be all systems go, full steam ahead, all gas, no breaks. The podcast, NFL season, really ramp things up, and then we're going to have baseball as I always say it's just it becomes too much a lot of the times and yeah in the past you know maybe I I skipped an episode but not gonna happen this go around we're all in we're all in and we're going to be pumping out the content and you got to share with your friends let them know what we're doing here follow on Apple subscribe on Spotify forget what they're calling it now but we're everywhere wherever you can get your podcasts we are findable Let them know that we're out there. I'll be doing my part. You do yours. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast.